Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Wednesday the 20th of September. Today I am joined by Duncan Balkan, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there Duncan, how are you doing today? Hi Peter, I'm really well thank you, how are you? uh not too bad not too bad um so um which actually i i i mean i always enjoy uh writing watson's daily um but i have to say i thought today was there, there was a lot of there were a lot of really interesting stories that you could really get your teeth into today because i mean some i think some days there it's a bit like a lot of um news that is the latest development of a theme or something mm. that we've already been seeing but i think there was some i mean there was some of that today but i think it was very really interesting today but uh which um story did you pick out for today yes i would totally agree there's a lot of very very good stuff in there today um i picked out a story from the wall street journal mm. about disney um partly because i like animated films and partly because i found the story interesting yeah. um so disney obviously a company have done very very well over the last few years mm. um particularly since covid um in terms of their streaming business and disney plus and content creating stuff um and that sort of side of their business has been doing really well and they've been putting a lot of focus on it mm. um but this story is about them taking a complete change in direction mm. um it's not really a change in direction, but you know, I mean, it is a change in direction at the same time. And putting a lot of money back into some older, more established parts of the business, mm. um, which is why I say it's a change of direction, but not really. Mm. Um, so Disney are going to be investing $60 billion, so, yeah. you know, back pocket change, um, mm-hmm. into theme parks and cruises over the next decade. Mm. So obviously theme parks, other than films, are kind of the, the longest standing um, kind of part of the the disney business mm. uh, and cruises were up until obviously pandemic and things becoming very very popular um disney cruise lines mm. obviously both have taken a bit of a back seat particularly during the pandemic when obviously you couldn't go around and see mm. theme parks and when cruise ships became potentially prisons on water for people and <laughs> a few people but there were a lot of people that when kind of outbreaks happened on cruise ships ended up getting trapped, <laughs> didn't they? Get trapped on yeah. holiday so it's not really a prison but at the same time it's somewhere you probably don't want to be so yeah but yeah trapped on holiday which i guess there are worse places to be trapped yeah. um but cruise ships did for a while become a kind of really dangerous place to be during the pandemic because if one person on board got them, then the whole ship got locked down and yeah, things like that. So those two areas are taken very much a back seat while Disney Plus was doing so well. Um, Disney Plus itself, I think, um, particularly in the UK, I think, became available on the same day that schools shut down, didn't it, for yeah. the pandemic. So it was that, per- that couldn't have been better time for them. And it was obviously since then been massively successful. Mm. Um, but this is now obviously a, a change in direction back towards the more in-person, face-to-face, mm. um, experiential sort of part of the business, which I think mm. it's, it's a very bold choice, mm. but it makes sense. Mm. Obviously, constantly creating content is, is an expensive thing to do. It's labour-intensive. Mm. And at some point, I think we will hit a natural ceiling on how far those platforms can go. Mm. Whereas I think particularly the more and more we come out of that kind of post-COVID recovery, 
people have started looking going on holiday again and then people started mm. looking going on slightly more expensive holidays again mm. and suddenly the idea of going to a disney theme park the opposite side of the world is probably not as much of an issue and scary for people as it was even six months ago and definitely not kind of a year to 18 months ago mm. so for me it totally makes sense but it is a bold move mm. um so yeah that's what i found really interesting um in this in today's what's and Sally. Uh, what did you think of this one yeah i mean i think that um you know, it, it's interesting, like, you know, uh, it's interesting how um, businesses that did were disastrous under under, you know, uh, under lockdown are now having this resurgence. You know, the, the example I often talk about is is uh, WH Smith and um, the fact that their high, their boring high street uh, business um, is, you know, it kept them going through lockdown, whereas they're exciting and racy um your travel business so the the, the thing at, at um you know railways and the business mm. in railways and airports was so much was better in fact to the extent that um i uh, you know uh, people will know that i recently had a rant about this um saying that i actually think uh again unpopular opinion potentially that um wh smith should ditch its um uh high street business completely and just concentrate on um, the travel business because I don't think the high street business is going anywhere and mm. it and it and it hasn't done for quite some time so um, but anyway back back to it I think that um, so whereas that you know we've seen a, a switch back um, similarly with with um, with with Disney um, perfect timing for streaming um, you know for its foreign to streaming under lockdown and and since it's become bigger than Netflix which is amazing from a standing start although you think if anyone could do it it's going to be disney given the fact is it does have rather a lot of content um, you would think. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know but it did it did it really quickly so that was that was great for them but then of course you know you've got growth mode where you just chuck money at something which is what happened then and then you know you've got reality and and uh, and profitability and um, that's why the um, the the old um, yeah but, uh, the the old CEO came back again and ousted the the you know the incumbent one who did all the streaming um, and is concentrating on profitability. You know, there's been mm. a big sweep out, um, and I guess that you know thing, things that are that um, involve experience are, as you said, quite rightly being valued more uh, by people and people are paying more and it seems that this you know this is the time to actually upgrade uh, and expand within that area and I, mm. and i'd say from my own sort of personal experience of having been to disneyland i'm not showing off here i'm just saying that you know <laughs> in, in the space of pretty much a year i've been to disneyland paris twice and i can really see why it's such a massive money spinner. I mean, if you can keep people coming in, it is extremely difficult not to spend money there. I mean, yeah. you, you'd have to, I mean, I, I would actually say it's not worth going there unless you can afford to go, do you know what? It, it, you know, this is a one-off or something. Yeah. And let's just buy the stupid ears and the, sorry, anyone who likes the Mickey Mouse ears and the Mickey Mouse ears. I'm sorry. Yes, this, this, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's just the ears um, and, and, and all the burgers and whatnot. You know, it, I just think that um, you, you kind of, when you go there, you 
kind of got to go, well, here we go. It's, you've got to fully is, immerse yourself in that yeah, experience. Yeah, you? you've got to, you've got to, otherwise don't go, otherwise it, it's not worth going because you just mm. won't enjoy it. So, um, so anyway, I think that immersing yourself in that, and as you said, <laughs> floating, <laughs> floating prisons. It's funny, I went to, um, I, I was, I, um, I organised an actual <clears throat> is up um, at a brewery uh, this, <laughs> this, uh, this weekend with with the low, with uh, with three mates and we were there we were talking about this and one of them said that they just got back off a cruise and they said they've been absolutely you know converted by the joys of going on a cruise because it's dead easy especially with kids it's dead easy you can you know they just go off and go on the water rides and whatnot and and you get to go off on a day-to-day basis in different places every now and again, you know, every few days or whatever. Um, I should probably clarify, I actually really enjoy cruises. <laughs> just, just yeah, yeah, I went on a, a few times kind of as, a, as an older child. Oh, own, right. And I, oh, re- yeah. I really enjoy cruises for that exact reason. You can oh, get yeah. off somewhere and see something different every day. Yeah. I, I probably just should have processed my thought a bit before I called <laughs> them prisons on water. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. More of, it was more of a being on a boat and not being able to leave against, yeah. against what you would do in an ideal world. Yeah. Might I, feel like being, being trapped. A little bit. Yeah, no, fair enough. No, fair. Enough. But no, I mean, going, against the cruise industry. But, but I think, but I think that you know, like Disney cruises. I have to say, mm. I mean, I do, I do like Disney. I did like Disneyland. Like going on a cruise, though, you'd think, God, can you actually get away from it? You know, every you can imagine everything's going to be mouse shaped, and you know, probably there's you know Mickey Mouse wallpaper and stuff everywhere, and and all that. But uh, you know, but I, but you're going to spend money there. You're going to do things there. So mm. I don't know all these things to do with experiences that people value more highly than they, than they may have done previously when arguably they took them more for granted. Um, you know, it makes, it makes sense, but that it will require a lot of money. Um, yeah. But, you know, presumably they, they think that that is better to spend it on that because the problem with streaming is it's extremely expensive because You've either got to make loads of programming or buy lo- and or buy loads of programming um, because the people's rate of consumption is so high. And I think, you know, there these days, I think that with the cost of living crisis, um, people are much more willing to, y- you know, change their subscriptions from time to time. You know, mm-hmm. if they think, OK, well, we've done. Um, yeah, we had uh, Netflix. We can't have Netflix and Disney Plus or something. So we'll go for Netflix for a month. Then we'll switch and we'll do Disney Plus for a month. And you know, when, with that, you're gonna you're gonna binge watch. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I, I think that this is the. Yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, they obviously they're all now doing these um, uh, adverts um, supported options mm. as well, so they can have multiple bites of the cherry. Um, but um, but yeah yeah I'm sorry. What 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 do you think? I was going to say that in one sense with with like you said people and content and the way people consume content, you could almost make the argument that Disney might be a little bit more future proofed in that sense than other yeah. streaming providers just because of the nature of the content. Mm. Um, most people probably watch a film once, mm. possibly twice if they really like it. Mm. Whereas I would imagine most people that have got about. I'll go with my age, got into their thirties, mm. have probably seen most of the Disney classics multiple times. Yeah. And I think because obviously with, with those, the animated films, particularly having kind of a target audience that is younger, mm. um, you could argue that actually 
in that sense, if they stick to their core content, that, those are things that are more likely to be watched multiple times by their mm. intended audience. Mm. So actually, it might be a good time to put less, less emphasis into creating more content for them because they know mm. their existing content is more likely to kind of attract re-watching. Mm. And, and then they can, like I said, put money somewhere else mm. um, rather than having to focus it all on there. Whereas I think the likes of Netflix and Amazon Prime, all mm. their money has to go into generating new content because... Mm actually without the latest series on Netflix or the latest big film being available on Prime, I don't see how they keep the interest level of their of their mm. target demographic up, whereas mm. Disney Plus, I think, will find that a lot easier to keep that interest level up because of mm. the nature of the content. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, as any parent will know um, who's had kids that likes things like Frozen, I mean... You know, you're talking about I've you've seen films once or twice. I mean, the daily watch, isn't it? <laughs> these things, <laughs> it's like I don't know how many times they will watch, um, but you know, there's it's a lot. Uh, but yeah, anyway, absolutely. anyway, um, right. So um, I better move on um, on yeah. to what I'm thinking today. So actually, I think this is, in fact, I think this is going on right now um, at the moment as we speak. So um, it's now quarter to five ish or coming up for quarter to five for those um you know so if anyone wants to know what time we record these but it's not actually it's different every day but um, it's not in terms of my work schedule <laughs> yeah exactly um exactly so yeah i mean the um the the thing is is that um sunak is is basically been that it's been kind of widely reported that um he's going to be reining in um uh climate commitments um this is not going to be very popular for many people um, because I think that, you know, the thing is most people want the planet to be better than it is, to be in a better condition than it is. Um, most people probably think that we are doing more, more bad than good to the planet. Um, so the prime minister coming out and saying, actually, you know what we said for COP26, actually, we're not going to do that. We are going to put things back. I mean, the, the thing that they are... Oh, actually, so yes, so I've just seen just now. So the petrol and diesel car ban um, has been delayed. So it, again, this was kind of highlight, you know, signposted before, but um, we they, they were going to stop selling new diesel and petrol cars in 2030 that's now been put back to 2035 which brings it in line with europe um i remember when europe did this so 2035 because remember europe were pushing for 2040 we did 2030 and then the car industry in europe pushed for 2035 as a compromise i guess and then they went for it and you know, I remember at the time thinking there's no way that we're going to stick at 2030 because it kind of ridiculous that we are we would be the only one at 2030 when everyone else is at 2035. So that has happened now. Um, you know, there's other things to do with boilers and um, landlords, um, you know, having to, uh, uh, you know, bring their properties up to certain environmental standards, um, and you know, the thing is, I mean, actually, talk about things like boilers. I think the average cost of a boiler these days, like if you, if basically, if you, if you had no hot water and you got the plumber in and they looked at your boiler and said, "Listen, it's died," 
right? You have to pay something like eight grand right there and then to get a boiler as that's as far as i'm as far as i know and i have unfortunately been in that position um you know a few years ago and it's no joke because it's not a case of oh yeah well okay we'll pay this much per month no no they say no that's not our problem you pay us this and you sort out the finance mm. so it's an absolute nightmare um and so this kind of you know the the enforcement of these deadlines in a cost of living crisis is just really difficult and i think that much in the same way that people you know again this very cynical way but you know people um say that they want um say apparel retailers to treat their their factories and the workers and stuff well you know they say that they say that with one you know at one point and they you know if there's someone to come up with them with a clipboard and say you know what do you think would you rather they treat them well they say yes but they act different so they say one thing but act in a different way they sort of say mm-hmm. yes we're concerned but then they go oh bargain i'll buy something from but you know boohoo or Shein, you know and they do that and and they've done really well especially Shein has done incredibly well you know out of out of that and i think that actually many individuals in that sense i would argue think oh you know this is what i feel really i want to be good but the fact of the matter is i don't have the money to do that and i do need that top or whatever because i'm going out next week and you know so oh I'm going to have to do that. Out of the month because that's all I can afford. Exactly. I deserve to have. I deserve to have, to have, exactly. deserve to have something I want to wear on. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. And and I think, you know, with things like cars and stuff, there actually this may be, you know, this this may be a good thing for the car industry because I think it was yesterday's Watson's Daily where I was saying that the car industry is really pushing for getting incentives so that people will buy electric vehicles yeah. because um, and. You know, because actually the biggest, although the amount of cars being bought, uh, electric vehicles being bought, is has, has become a, a bigger percentage of the overall numbers of cars being bought, A, people are buying cars less anyway because they are big ticket items and therefore, you know, not as affordable now as they, as they once were. And B, I would argue that people that do buy electric vehicles are likely to be early adopters and or relatively affluent because they are these cars are quite expensive and the financing on them is not as well developed as it is for traditional cars yeah um and then the other thing that um said yesterday was the whole i think it was yesterday i lose track of days but uh (laughs) you know the the um the other thing was that that uh cars are um oh god what's i gonna say I lost my point then. Damn. Um, but, uh, but anyway, no. I think. I, oh yeah, that's right. Is that they? Um, the um, uh, a lot of them were bought for business. So like mm. fleet cars, or or actually, I mean, I I know as a business, for instance, I I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't really. You know, I've not really properly looked into it myself. But I believe that. So I am a business. You know, so Watson's Daily. Well, actually, is part of the company that is my business and apparently i can get a new electric vehicle there's some kind of 
tax something or I don't exactly. I'm, I've not really properly looked into it, but apparently it is incre- incredibly attractive way of buying a car. Um, and, you know, I guess that other businesses have seen that and they've done that. So, yes, the proportion of electric vehicle sales versus overall car sales has increased, but it's because fewer people overall are buying cars and the ones that are buy, buying the electric vehicles are businesses and not really individuals. So yeah. that's why they were pushing for more incentives so that more individuals would actually buy the cars. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you know, I think that um, essentially what this does with all the, you know, boilers, cars, other bits and pieces, what it actually does, I would suggest is that this is an, it, this is a relatively cost efficient way of making life a bit easier for people because it means that landlords won't have to worry about upgrading their properties um as much as they were doing before so that might mean that more landlords stay being landlords um it means that individuals won't have to worry about boilers and having to switch to um oh god what are those other ones called not the normal boilers the heat pumps heat, heat pumps, pumps yeah general. heat pumps and stuff they won't have to do this they won't have to do it now yes of course this is bad for the environment but i think when it actually comes down to it as an individual you know i mean look I, my mortgage for instance, my mortgage payments have gone up astronomically, and I mean astronomically over the last, you know, uh, year or two. And um, and it is, you know, it is pain. It is painful. And I think that actually, um, you know, you have to worry about. He, uh, he. It really is a case. You know, for a lot of people, it's a case of do I afford all my bills? Can I put food on the table? And when you're when you're judging that versus damage to the environment, I think that you could be a very very concerned about the environment, but at the same time you need the practicality. And I think that this is very un, this is going to be unpopular, and this is going to be an absolute gift um, to anyone who's not in power um, to criticise this reining in of commitments, but. The practical, the practicality is that people just want to pay the bills and live, you mm. know. And so that's why I mean, yeah, it's not going to be popular, and everyone's going to criticise it and stuff. But ultimately, this is a cheap way or a cheaper way of the government to make life a bit easier for some people and some industries, where yeah. they because if if you were to say stick to twenty thirty as the deadline for the cars then you may if you you may have to pay incentives and incentives cost loads of money where's the money come from so if you just kick the deadlines back it just calms everything down a bit i would argue and there and they gives them a bit more thinking time they will probably argue and i would actually i have to say i would argue 2050 is miles away you know you just it's if you don't know what's going to happen in in the you know next 27 years um and who knows maybe um uh, fusion will kick in by then we'll all be driving fuel cell cars and actually things will get better you would hope um you would hope yeah but in but in the meantime 
we're in a cost of living crisis. This is potentially a practical solution. So, yeah. um, so anyway, that's what I would say. I know that's probably not very um, a popular opinion, but I'm just <laughs> saying that I think that although I, you know, I'd like to think, oh no, we want to be better, you know, kinder to the environment, better to the environment, make it better for our kids and everything. The other, the other thing is practicality, and I'd say this acknowledges practicality. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you say you don't know how far technology can go in 27 years. Mm. It's worth remembering the first iPhone came out 17 years ago. So we've got a mm. decade on top of that. That's how, I know that's a, a weird kind of comparison, but that's how much technology can improve mm. in a decade or two. Um, and we've got that and another decade on top before that before mm. that um, target. And um, I'm going to make that, po- I know you said it's an unpopular opinion, I'll make it fractionally more popular and agree with you again, in terms of pretty much everything you said there. And I think <clears throat> you pointed out this is probably a quite easy thing to attack for anyone mm. that's not in power. Mm. Um, and I think that anyone that wanted to do that would need to tread really carefully. Mm. Because like you said, if you go down the other route, which is, well, actually, we're going to stick to all of these, but we need more money. Mm. The question becomes, who do you tax? The answer will probably from the current opposition be oh higher earners fair mm. enough but then you sitting there go well this what the government are proposing what rishi Sunak is currently talking about mm. um like i said is a cost effective way of saving people money and actually saving lower earners money mm. and if you sat if you sat there to kind of your average person on the street and said would you rather i tax that millionaire up there more this month or would you rather you saved money this month mm. They're not going to pick taxing the millionaire. At the no, moment. no. Maybe their their morals and their principles say, yeah, actually, the rich, the super rich, should be taxed more. But actually, mm. when you say if it's a choice of putting food on the table or heating the home or not, mm. you're infinite. You are going to pick the well. I'd, I'd actually kind of like to save some money myself. Mm. But I think yeah. if, if any opposition go too heavy on attacking this, yeah, the government just needs to turn around and go, well, what are you saying? You're saying we shouldn't be trying to make life easier for mm. most of the population. Yeah, and then which almost kind of sounds like a more labor argument to be making mm. um but you could end up with if you like if you are labor for example and you go at this too heavy you could end up almost cornering yourself mm. into an argument where you're actually alienating your normal voters mm. so i think it's it could actually be very clever the way they the way they've done this is could almost kind of a trick the opposition into going too heavy on, a, on an offensive mm. against but mm. from all the all the language Rishi Sunak's been using from the kind of the news updates that are flashing in front of me, yeah. like having informed debates and you've got to see both sides mm. and people being tired of a change that doesn't go beyond a slogan. It's mm. all very much, I think, trying to get on board with the average member of the population to try mm. and say, look, we, we do still want to do this, mm. but actually right now our priority isn't on these green changes it's on trying to make life actually doable mm. at the moment for most people mm. which i think is a very it's a very interesting tone to take mm. um but actually yeah i, I can completely see why it is the angle or the, the route they're taking at the moment so i mm. which is an unpopular opinion i agree with you on that mm. yeah fair enough so yeah so there we go i mean um there'll be more debate about this because you know that i think the speech is still ongoing um yeah um, and there'll be more, you know, ruminations of it overnight and stuff. But I do think that this is, a, you know, this is an interesting subject that does affect everyone. So, um, so yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I would have thought that the automotive industry, generally speaking, would probably 
see this as a positive, I would yeah. have thought, um, because it will give them more time. But anyway, um, so we'll finish there. But I just thought actually to say that um, we were talking, obviously, before this, uh, you know, this this uh, this recording of this podcast. And um, I was just asking, uh, uh, yeah, so I I was just asking, Duncan, um, like, what um, what do you read of the normal news, as it were, to, you know, to keep up with things? Because I think I mean, I know this sounds like obviously banging banging my own drum here but i do think that watson's daily is good for your uh, that could get keeps you covered with the business and financial markets news but mm. what about the normal like the normal news what do you what do you read uh, so, i i tend to pull my um my normal news card coverage from all sorts of places i tend to sit on my phone and i'll scroll bbc i'll scroll mm. I'll scroll what used to be Twitter, although it's not mm. as good anymore because it's become a bit too opinionated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just saying that actually it's not – for me, my, my commercial awareness news, I know I get from Watson's Daily and I know that's mm. the best way for me to consume that news. Mm. But actually I don't really have any sort of structured way of doing it for mm. other news and I'm a bit kind of almost slapdash with that. I, I get mm. it drip and drab from various places with no kind of structure. And then you, kind of made, you made a, a, a recommendation, didn't you, of something yeah. that is, is good for that. Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, and we are not sponsored by them, right? We are not sponsored by them. This is just a genuine opinion, um, as all these opinions are on this po- in, on this podcast. So, um, is there's there's something called the week, um, and the reason why I came across the week was when I was working in the city. You know, when I started my broking journey, and I was at this company called Casanova, which was subsequently bought by J.P. Morgan. Um, I noticed that all the partners um, had this magazine on their desk on a Friday and it was called the week. And I asked people, you know, what is, what is this thing? And they said it, it basically it's kind it's, it's basically like Watson's daily, but for normal news and it uses more newspapers. So every day I read five newspapers, right? I can't read many more than that. You know, I've read different ones and I've come down to these five for a number of different reasons which i can go into at some point maybe Mm. but um but i you know i come into this and and uh so uh so anyway so the week it takes uh news from all around the world and it just puts it into bite-sized sections it's very very useful because what it does is it summarizes the normal news over over the past week from all around the world and i I would recommend it. In fact, I actually get there's a the week junior for my kids in the vague hope that they will take some kind of interest in the world. I mean, that's you know for that's uh, you know aims at kids, um, but the week you know the, the the main magazine, it's really good. It's very easy to read. It's well written and um, it's very it's very quick. So I would say you know uh, if you want to keep up with that without spending hours and hours every day, you know, reading news, um, then definitely read that. I think, you know, the best thing to do is if you keep, if you want to keep up with all this stuff, you need to probably do the BBC and, uh, you know, cause that gives you quite basic stuff. And if you can newspapers, cause as hopefully people know by now, I love newspapers, um, you know, that will cover you. You know, that will give you that will do that'll be okay. But then read the week at the end of the week 
Um, it comes, I believe it comes out on Friday. Read the week because that will sum it all up and it will put it all together for you. Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a really good way of giving yourself a rounded opinion on all sorts, because what it will do, it says the Times says this, the Telegraph says that, the Guardian says that, you know, it's re- it's really good like that. So, so yeah, so I would, uh, that's what I'd recommend. Obviously, like I say, for business and financial markets news, Watson's Daily, obviously. Um, and I actually, I'm going to uh, do a, a small video uh, quite soon about how, how to get the most out of it. But for instance, if you've not got loads of time, you know, Watson's Daily, 10 minutes. But if you've got a bit more time, try to read the full uh, articles of, you know, the, the 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 articles that I put in Watson's Daily. And then, you know, if it interests you and then that will help you as well. So anyway, anyway, um, I'll do I'll do a proper, you know, uh, podcast or, or um, video uh, and stuff on that kind of uh, on that kind of thing um, so that, you know, and that you can keep well informed. But anyway. I'll shut up now. I know I've gone on a bit, um, but thank you very much indeed um, for your insight today, Duncan. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you very much for listeners for sticking it out this long. Um, And uh, I hope you found it useful. And we'll be back again tomorrow for more fun and games. No doubt there will be more comments on what Rishi Sunak has just said uh, overnight and tomorrow. But anyway, thank you very much indeed. Have a great day, whatever you're doing. And we will be back again tomorrow. Many thanks. Bye.